Hello and welcome to episode two of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you, you are not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand coach and designer. And today I'm joined by the wonderful Siobhan Fox, who is a marketing strategist at her business, Reveal Marketing. Welcome to the show again. Thank you so much for having me. If you caught the last episode, Siobhan and I had an awesome conversation about brand versus marketing, so be sure to check that out. And today she's going to be sharing her business journey with us. So, shall we start with where it all began? What was it that inspired you originally to start your own business? I would have to say, um, and it's a little bit of a cliche, but it's true. I think it is probably becoming a mum. So, yeah, I my little boy is uh, rapidly approaching three, which is terrifying. Um, but prior to having him, I was working at um, a big corporate with a long commute, long hours. Absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, when I, when I had my little boy, your priorities change, the balance of your time changes. Um, and when I went back to work after maternity leave, yeah, it was basically, he was full-time in nursery and I just got the sense that I was paying someone else to bring up my kid, uh, which felt a bit unnatural. Um, so yeah, it, via a meltdown, um, realized that my life needed to change, but I think if I'm honest with myself, somewhere in there was a little nugget of every time I spoke to someone who ran their own business or was self-employed or freelancer I'd always, or a consultant, I'd always go, oh, I like the sound of that life. I'd love to be my own boss. So I think it was a bit of a kick from the universe, but the the essence of it was always there somewhere. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you you said that you really enjoyed your corporate life. Did you still have that same level of enjoyment when you went back, or was it just was it just purely the family focus that was kind of that kicker to change, or was there something else that kind of provoked it? Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of things had changed in the time I've been away. Um, the work had changed. I wasn't straight back into what I was doing before, so I think yeah, that didn't help. Um, but yeah, at time was a big, I was commuting four hours a day. So, you know, not often not seeing my little one in the morning and then rushing back on the train and Southwest trains, not the most reliable in the world. So, you know, like terrified I was going to miss nursery pickup. And then by the time I picked him up, he was just exhausted. So yeah, I think it was just feeling that there wasn't a balance I wasn't I always wanted to go back to work I, I love working I love what I do but I wasn't getting to tick that box and tick the mum box I needed just a bit more mum and a little bit less a lot less time commuting ultimately. Yeah. but yeah I think um it was always in there somewhere it just a few things collided and and booted me out of that mindset and then it was just a case of completely rethinking okay if my if I decide how I run my time what would a good balance be and Mm. that did it did take a little bit of time to find but ultimately for me working three days and spending two days with him does seem to some weeks are easier than others (laughs) (laughs) but uh and some weeks are harder than others but it that seems to be the right point the right break point for me to get to tick both of those boxes. That's awesome. I think that it's great that you found that balance between the two. So you've kind of set those boundaries in place, even though, because as small business owners, I think that anyone listening could relate to the fact that it's really hard to get those boundaries set. Um, so when it comes to the business itself, so reveal marketing, what was it in particular that made you decide to launch a marketing strategy and marketing consultancy as opposed to anything else? I think because it's what I've always known. It's nearly 20 years I've been working in marketing, which is a really terrifying amount of time (laughs) when you wrap it up. Um, But yeah, I think it's what I've known. It's what I'm good at. It's what I'm passionate um, about. But I think um, when I first started to think that maybe having my own business was the right way to go, um, I actually had a corporate job offer on the table, but I went networking. And that was the game changer for me, is going networking, meeting um, people that ran their own businesses and starting to get the sense that, oh, 
marketing seems to be this thing that they struggle with or that they don't understand or that they feel overwhelmed by. And that was a bit of an eye opener for me because then I realized, oh, I think there's a bunch of people here that I could actually help and I could do something for. Um, so yeah, it, it was really like answering a need that I could start to see. That's what, that was the game changer for me. Brilliant. And so when it came to naming your business, how was it that that came about? Oh God, I looked at all the (laughs) names. I wanted to do something with Fox so badly. Like I've got this wicked surname, but yeah, all the good Fox names were taken, all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I looked at everything, everything under the sun, but I Googled it. And really for me, I didn't want anything that anyone else had. Uh, And then in the end, there was something about the play on, I started to like sketch something and um, there was something about the play on real and reveal, which Mm. plays out in my logo now, that um, what was I really doing for people? I was going to reveal something that they weren't aware of, that they didn't know how to do or reveal a new way of doing things. And then once I tried it on a little bit, it it seemed to fit. Um, so yeah. And then, and I Googled it and there's, I think there's like a, someone called reveal in Canada. And I was like, okay, that's good enough. Then I can be the, I can be the only reveal in the UK. Great. (laughs) Yeah. I think naming a business can be one of the hardest things I know for me personally. And I think, um, for a few other people that I've spoken to recently, it can be a real stumbling block and it could be something that actually stops you from starting your business, which is just ridiculous because, a name is still just a name at the end of the day and you can still move forward with it. But I'm really glad that you managed to find something that connects so well. Um, I know that when we worked together to do your branding, it was a lot of fun because you had such a clear idea of what it is that you wanted it to look like and what you wanted it to represent. Yeah, I thought that was just brilliant. So good work on the naming front. And you brought um, in life, you know. <laughs> you, um, you understood what I meant, which was the important thing. And didn't laugh at my awful sketches. And I think ultimately definitely built me something that was like way fancier and way cooler than anything I could have imagined. So thank you for that. (laughs) You are quite welcome. Um, Cool. So when it comes to, you've talked about how you wanted to have that balance between your your business life and your mum life. Was that one of the biggest struggles that you found did you find that you fell into it quite easily was it something that you were there any other kind of things that you had to overcome that you weren't expecting when you were changing from that corporate mindset to that small business yeah wide-eyed yes Uh, (laughs) where do I start (laughs) uh yeah self-care for me that was like Mm. I think that's the single biggest hurdle I've had to overcome is just this slow realization that if you don't look after yourself and take time out for yourself and if you don't if you don't find time to not work Mm. your business will fail your health will fail everything will fall apart and it's the most counterintuitive strange thing um but yeah a lot of the other business owners that I met and and all the Instagram community really helped me figure out that if I didn't really invest in myself looking after myself in not just resting but finding other things to do that I enjoy that aren't mum they aren't work they aren't friends um yeah it's a like a a whole self-care toolbox that I've had to build with lots of different stuff in it um because the 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 happier you are and the more you look after yourself the better your business runs, the better things go, the more sales you make. It just, it's a sort of self-perpetuating thing. But yeah, that was the biggest surprise and the biggest hurdle because the thing people always say is, oh, when you go freelance, you can't have a sick day. But actually, yes, you can. (laughs) And the point is, if you're not charging by the hour and you're charging based on your worth, you can have a sick day, you can have a day off, you can have a week off whenever you want. That is that is the point of working for yourself and setting your own agenda. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I know that this is a conversation that I've that we've had before and I've had with many, many a folk, including my business coach, where you need to prioritize your sense of self as well. 
And back in the corporate world, I would have told you that that was all just a load of bollocks. Absolutely. 100%. What are you on about? Like my mindset isn't going to affect how well I'm dealing with my clients when actually I have my most successful lead gen days when I'm not working. And whether it's coincidence, whether it's because I've set things up beforehand, whether it's just because I'm resting, whatever it is, and I'm, I'll take it. <laughs> but I do find it incredibly hard to maintain that. And I think that you're right. It's something that you need to have a toolbox. So a lot of different things that you can lean on or refer to or use, depending on what kind of mind frame you're in at the time. So I think that that's really, really helpful. And when it comes to how your business has changed since you've originally started, because I know that businesses change and adapt and it's such a fluid thing. But would you say that your business has changed significantly since you started it up? Uh, yeah, massively. Yeah. Uh, when I started out, I did the classic. I basically operated as a contractor. So the hours that I decided I was going to work three days a week, I gave all of them to my client. and had no time to do any real business development to develop my brand to develop my offering um I gave I gave that client all of my hours which mm. was great like it was great to actually be immersed in a small business and get to understand them I did I did do some networking and pick up some other contacts but it was very I was very focused on being part of someone else's business because mm. I think that was what I was familiar with and then it was only over time, the more people I spoke to, the more clients I worked with, the more I listened, put things out on social media, saw what I got back, went to networking and met people afterwards for coffee and asked them about their experiences. That really, then it flipped more from being a solutions provider to being a strategy provider, because that's when I started to see that people anyone can do the doing and I can do the doing but the thing that people were often missing was asking the right questions up front and they were doing a lot of doing but not the right kind of doing and it wasn't getting them any results so that's it was almost like a everything for me was a market research opportunity and slowly slowly uh, I'd say probably around around a year old my business being a year old, that's when I started to land on these are the things that people need. Mm. These are the packages I need to put together that answer what people really need. So yeah, now, I mean, I literally just refreshed my look and feel, redid all of my pricing and my packages and completely rebuilt my website. And I'd say, yeah, about a year, 18 months in seems to be for most people when you reach that point of going, oh, I see what I need to do now. So yeah, that it, now like my website is unrecognisable compared to the V1 of it, as is my social media and yeah, the level of automation in my business. So many things now are just completely different. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's definitely something that I want to touch on as well, because I feel like for anyone who's thinking about or just starting out with small business, what you think your business is going to look like in a year's time and what your intentions are now, I can only say that from myself and from my clients, and as you've touched upon with yourself and your clients, it will look so different to where you think it's going to go because you learn as you go along where you feel in that market. But more importantly, it's how you have your business set up as well. So I know that you and I love a bit of data, love a bit of automation. And um, I found personally that it really helps with my business. So is there anything that you feel, any systems that you feel like you've put in place? I'm kind of springing this on you. It wasn't in the, it wasn't in the list. Oh my God. Are there any, um, are there any, is there anything that you've implemented within your business, on your business side rather than your client side that has really, really helped you to kind of reach the vision that you're looking at getting to? Yeah, I think, oh, I, lo I love a bit of systems. Um, I think there's lots of different things. I feel like Google Analytics, for one, um, is amazing uh, for really understanding the effect your marketing is having. Um, yeah. Ultimately, for most product and service-based businesses, we want people to go on our website. That's the thing we really want people to do, either to buy or to think about buying. Um, so understanding how that operates 
Um, and, you know, I definitely only ever use Google Analytics on like more of an enterprise level on massive sites before where you can only really look at the top slice of data because you haven't got time. Whereas when it's Google Analytics for your site, you can really dig into it, mm. which is incredible for, you know, when you can see, oh, I posted on social media on that day and it seemed to resonate with people. And then this many people actually visited my site and then this is how many pages they looked at. Like that's, there's a deep satisfaction in that as well. But I'd say, um, you know, you and I are big fans of Flowdesk. Yes. Amazing for email, so easy to use. I've used loads of different email systems um, in the past, but Flowdesk is just great for simplifying it, making the automation less terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just, it cuts out a lot of the back end stuff and it just makes things really easy to set up. Um, Squarespace, mm. like ultimately for most small business owners, you don't need to be paying tons and tons of money for a custom website unless you've got some kind of crazy pricing subscription model tons of products I don't know for most of us something like Squarespace where it's out of the box is it's quick and easy to set up and yeah and then it's quick and easy to make changes as well um but yeah I'm picking up systems all the time like Calendly for booking calls straight into your diary just discovered Zapier which has made me go (laughs) (laughs) So Zapier connects everything to everything else. So I use Zero for accounting, which is amazing. Makes that whole side of my business just absolute piece of piss. But Zapier can take someone who books a call through Calendly and pays me money and drop them straight into Zero as a new um, client and then some, so I use go cardless mm-hmm. so that could then send them a go cardless form and be like give me a card details and basically do that whole payment shindig without me touching it so yeah there are I think as you go you start to like collect things oh my goodness absolutely um, I, I absolutely agree with that I feel like the systems that I have in place now and I want more and more and more of them because it's like this frees up my time to be able to work with my clients and exactly like you said at the beginning of your business where you're like you dedicated all of your hours or allocated all of your time to your clients I think that a wave pattern that I tend to see is we start a business dedicate all of your time to clients forget that there's other business stuff that you need to do then you find that you'll kind of get into a bit of a grind where you're just focusing on your business because you haven't got the time to invest in the clients or you're catching up on that cycle where I've got clients so I'm not marketing then you don't have clients because the project ends and then you have to market and it's very up and down and I feel like exactly what you said I think that 18 months is the magic number where you're like right I know my business inside and out I've got my systems in place to help me support and find that balance between client work and business work and I can now invest in a website that does do all the singing and dancing I need it to because I know what my business is. And I feel like all of these things like Flowdesk and Zapier, none of these are sponsored, but you can if you like. Squarespace, everything like that. I think finding the tools that fit for you, and I'm a huge advocate of finding things that work for you in your business is exactly, you know, try out different things, try the free trials, see which one works for you, which gives you time back and which one sucks more of your time away from you I feel like there's a huge amount that's just social media and nothing else yeah 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 and it and it's the same with social media like if you've prepared a lot of your content in advance sometimes scheduling it 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 doesn't necessarily save you any time mm-hmm. you know and there are also things like uh, Facebook creator studio where you can schedule your Facebook and Instagram posts directly in Facebook's own scheduling tool. Like you don't actually need anything else. Um, so, and sometimes things like LinkedIn with the best will is the post that I write randomly on the day that do the best. Uh, LinkedIn is just a lot more, the vibe is different now. It's become slightly more Facebooky, slightly more newsy, contentious issues. Um, yeah, but stuff that I actually prepare for Instagram, for example, does a lot better when it's like when it's on strategy. So I think that's the thing, like you said, where you just have to keep 
testing and trying things and not just signing up for things because someone else says that they're a game changer. I've tried several times to use Trello and you know what? I just like pen and paper. (laughs) I like to write my lists on pen and paper because it feels good. It organizes my mind. Mm -hmm. I find Trello just to be more work that I do it. I update it. It looks great. And then three months later, I'm like, Oh, I've not used it, Mm. but you know, I'm not going to use it just because someone else says it's great. It's great if it works for you. But like you said, you have to try a few things to work out what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think honestly, like I go through phases. It's not even, I haven't settled on one note-taking or organization app from my day-to-day organization that I have sat there and sat with. So I've done bullet journaling. I'm a chronic list maker. I am surrounded by post-it notes, like always. Um, But then I've also tried Trello. I've tried Asana and all of them work for a certain amount of time. And then I find that either I don't, I don't like it anymore. I don't want to use it that day. Whatever it is, I find that I switch up my routine and switch up what I'm doing fairly frequently. And if that's you, that's a-okay. You can do whatever you like. Like, you know, there are so many free tools out there and pen and paper works just as well, if that's what you yeah. want to do. Do you know, it's so funny. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I get into a system, mm. either a written system or an online system, and I get really, and I do, I use it for a while and then I just fall out of, Yep. I don't even reliably write a to-do list every week. No, I don't. But I, I just, it exists in my head. Um, the one thing I do always do is time blocking. So I do time blocking in my calendar to go, broadly speaking, I do client work in the morning and my business stuff in the afternoon. And that seems to be the one thing that I stick to, but sometimes I'll build a project plan for something. Sometimes I'll write it down in my notebook. Sometimes I'll go crazy on Trello, but I actually think so long as you're getting the stuff done and you feel happy and you feel like you're broadly in control of what you're doing, it doesn't really matter yeah it so long as you you don't I think it's important sometimes when you have over like when my brain is too busy and I have overwhelm that's when I write a list I write things down yeah. so I think so long as you know how to manage your own brain in the best way I don't yeah it, I'm with you like just use a system for a while if it's helpful and then don't but yeah. don't beat yourself up about it yeah it, absolutely you don't always have to be ticking a box you can just flow just go with the flow god yeah you're so right if i if i if corporate me could hear me talking now <laughs> yeah. I'd be like what a dick she sounds like such a dick yeah oh me in the corporate world excel spreadsheets i had very specific processes for everything that i would do to the to the list we had software that we used for each individual job that went through the processes. I hated it when people didn't tick off the boxes that they needed to tick that was next. Whereas now I'm like, I've got three clients at the moment. One I'm managing on Trello, one I'm managing through Dubsado and email, and the other one I'm managing through pen and paper. And all of them are going well. All of them are running seamlessly. All of them feel good to work on. And I don't know whether it's just because it helps me differentiate the different clients and the different work or whether it just keeps my very, very short attention span when it comes to things like organization, because I'd like to have my business more automated as always. It's never going to be to the point that you want. But I think the point is, and I will say this repeatedly, dear listeners, do what feels good for you. Whatever works for you in that moment, in that week, in that time that you're in, just do that. Focus on that first. Talking a little bit about the corporate world, because this is something that I really would like to talk about, um, because I know that one of the biggest hangups that I had and a lot of other people have when they're choosing to start their own business is how do you transition from corporate to being self-employed? So could you talk a little bit around your journey from corporate life to fully self-employed? Yeah, I would say there is a process and I can't tell you how long it will take because it depends on your experience, but it's good to be aware that there will be a process where you come out of that culture um, at one level. So obviously, because I worked for Amazon, I was very much in the culture. I was there nearly six years and there is a, an undoing process where you have to figure out who you are when you're not there anymore. Um, 
you're not Amazon Siobhan anymore. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like when you come out of a relationship and you go, I'm not with that person anymore. So who am I? What am I about? What do I want? So there's a slight undoing where I had to go, right, what bits of that culture do I want to take with me? And what bits do I want to leave behind? Um, you know, there are a lot of amazing things about the culture and the way that they do business that I've taken with me and I've adopted. But then there are other things where, you know, like sometimes in meetings, people would talk over each other just because we didn't have a lot of time and everyone had ideas and everyone was like super entrepreneurial there and we wanted to do a great job. And I realised I'd taken that with me and I needed to just, and it like, I was there so long, it's still a thing and it's not, it's not who I am at all. It's something I learned to get, that I had to use to get by when I was there. So, and that might have just been the team I was in and the personalities I worked with, who knows? But that's something I'm quite conscious of. And then I think there's another process where you, you have to undo what was useful about being part of a big organisation and any big organisation or small and just go, <clears throat> like we were talking about box ticking, you might be like, if I take on a new client, I must do things in a certain way. I must send things at a certain time, get them to sign things. And actually what you said about you're managing your different clients on different platforms, you have to kind of unlearn structure and learn like the flow that works. I have a client who it just tends to message me more on Instagram than email me. And I'm like, do you know what? That's fine. That's the place that if, if that's like where I'll get your attention and where we'll connect better, let's just do that. And there are loads of different systems like Boxer and WhatsApp and Messenger. Just, yeah, just be where your clients want you to be. But um, ultimately, yeah, I think corporate to self-employed is more about unlearning than it is about learning sometimes. It's about shaking things off and deciding what you take with you or what you put aside and go actually that's just not a helpful thing yeah I found that I found very similar I found that I was very much in an employee mindset for a long time afterwards um and it was very challenging because trying to deal with your clients who are hiring you for your expertise but you feel like you're an employee still you've still got that mindset of waiting for someone to sign off on what you're doing waiting for someone to tell you that you've done a good job waiting for someone to acknowledge the fact that you've done something else I for one am hugely reward driven and I found it very I did find it very challenging to try and switch to okay so this is all on me I am the expert I am the one that they're employing because of my skill set and trying to step into that. And I think that there is a certain level of, um, so there's a technique that you can do, which is like act as if. So acting as if you are the person that you want to be. And it's kind of like that fake it until you make it, but it's more of a, I find that it's more of um, an intentional way of doing it. But yeah, I found that that really, that really was quite challenging having to undo all of those learnings that I had. Um, and really find my own way within business with all of the, we all do it. We all sit there at our corporate jobs and go, I wouldn't do it this way. I wouldn't do it this way. And then when it's actually down to you, you're like, oh God, I should do it this way. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you sit there and go, how should I do it? Yeah. Like I had a sales meeting with a prospect a few months ago and I rocked up with a document. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd written her a document and then it was just like, because I'm just trained, mm. I'm still trained to do it. And then it's like, no, I could, I could have a presentation on a tablet. I could talk to her. I could yeah. send her to my website. There's so many different ways I could present what I do, but it's just, and it was written and it wasn't very nicely designed. And she was just a bit like, I don't understand half the stuff you've written in here. It was great. Like it was, it's great when people actually give you honest feedback because then. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, but yeah, I was like, actually, what the hell have I done that for? That's not helpful for you. <laughs> but it's just automatic. It's automatic to rock up to a meeting with a wordy document because for six years, that's how I lived. Yeah. So yeah, there are, and it, it's amazing how many things will just crop up every now and then that you'll go, what's that for? Oh, uh, corporate me, trusty old corporate me, still in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that sometimes it helps keep you safe. And I think that 
if you're looking at running your business in a way that feels very corporate and you're happy to take those things and they work for you and they're of benefit to you and your clients, then absolutely take that through. I just feel that there is a lot more freedom within. I mean, I tried to run, I tried to do my job the way that I wanted to anyway, wherever I was. And it was brilliant for me to try and push those boundaries. But at the same time, it's making sure that you take that sense of boundary with you um, and then fill it with the things that work for you, if that makes sense. Um, so when it came to the practical side of leaving your job, like handing in your notice and everything else, did you make that decision? And then go, that's it, I'm out. Here's my notice, fare thee well, riding off into the sunset with a middle finger up at the horizon. Or was it more of a gradual process? Did you go part-time? What kind of, how did it actually play out? Yeah, I think um, it was quite gradual for me. Like just a slow, gradual realisation. I think I had, I, I was back at work a month and then I was signed off with this awful virus. Like I've never been... I just, I just slept. All I could do was just sleep all day. I never, I've never been signed off ever, but I was really, really ill. And I think that was a big wake up call. Like you're doing too much. You cannot take on all of the things that you've taken on. But, um, I think like the idea of working part time was just, I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't picture it. Mm. Um, and I think it's very difficult to do the nature of my job it needed my attention all of the time and I just couldn't figure out how to make that fit in a part-time scenario so yeah I guess it was kind of it kind of came on slowly and then yeah my health just deteriorated and I was like I just can't operate this way anymore I'm gonna have to just step out of this and then figure out a completely new way to operate um which was really scary it's really scary but I think knowing that I couldn't be the mum I wanted to be and I couldn't be the employee I needed to be I couldn't be the friend I needed to be or the wife none of it I was not operating well in any of the spheres of my life that was like a I need to shake this up somehow and I did originally look for um I spent a bit of time going for interviews around here and looking for a job in Hampshire and thinking if I cut down on the commute time maybe that will help but ultimately like those conversations there was just something in the back of my head going you're gonna end up in the you'll have less commute time but you're gonna end up in the same position Mm. um you what you want is when you get that call from nursery to go he's fallen over and we need to take him to a and e you want to be five minutes down the road and you want to be able to drop everything and not have to ask someone's permission or explain why you're leaving and I think yeah, someone uh, recently on Instagram I saw they'd written about work-life blend oh. rather than work-life balance. And I was like, that is it for me, is the two are blended now. Yeah. They are not two separate things that I have to not be a mum at work and then not work whilst I'm a mum. It's all, it's meshed together now in a way that just feels more, it feels more natural and a lot less stressful as well. That's wonderful. I've never heard of that work-life blend before. And I think, I actually think that that's happened to a lot of people, whether they've chosen to go self-employed or not recently, especially with many, many, including my other half, having to work from home during lockdown, because all of a sudden your home life and your work life are just smushed together. And as self-employed people, if you work from home, then that's kind of how you feel all of the time. And I think that it's quite nice to know that other people are are experiencing it as well but yeah I love that that work-life blend because my business is such a huge part of my life as it is for a lot of small business owners I like balance but some days I want to work until two in the morning because I'm on a roll and other days I want a duvet day and just to sit there playing video games and watching Netflix it, it is balance but it is that blend I think that that is a brilliant way of describing it um, so when it comes, we've talked about how your business has kind of changed since you've originally started. Is there anywhere in particular that you're hoping your business will take you in the future? Uh, yeah. Willing to I share? Mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I had some big goals this year. I wanted to move a lot. I'm just sorry, I'm just looking at my goals on my okay. uh, wall. So one of them was about moving more towards passive income. So I really wanted to, I built a training course during lockdown um put my all into it tons of videos tons of material like literally everything you need to 
build your own marketing strategy and then be awesome at marketing as a small business owner. As it turns out, I the thing that I really love is getting on a video call with someone once a week and mentoring them and doing it with them. Mm. The actual proper hands-off stuff, I don't get a lot of satisfaction from it. So it's now become a supporting element of my mentoring program, but I'm not selling it on its own because what I want is that interaction with people. So I think for me, it isn't going to be passive income, but it's going to be working out what value I can give people and putting that more into probably more different types of mentoring programs. So I've actually now got a second one, which is less on the strategy side and more about on the application side. So what's your messaging going to be? What content are you going to produce? What channels are you going to use, et cetera? And I think finding out what those problem points are for people and building programs where I can help them figure that stuff out, that's, yeah, I think that's probably more where I'm going to go. The other thing I had on my list was coaching and mentoring. So there you go. I had them both. It just turns out I'm probably going to go more in one direction than the other. Um, And the other thing is writing. So I have set myself target to finish my novel that I started writing in lockdown, finish it by the end of the year. And ultimately what I want to do is set my business up so it supports me spending more time writing. And um, yeah. So I guess it's just about making the most of the time that I spend working, making the most of the time I spend with my little one until he goes to school and then carving out some time to just knock out those words. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's, that is a beautiful example of that work-life blend that you were talking about though, because your small business and the the business and work that you're doing and, and working towards is going to allow you to do more of the passionate, the passion projects that you want to have. And that's just... Yeah, I think that that's wonderful. And I think that that's something that corporate will never be able to do. Like, yeah, I think that working in a corporate role, you're never going to be able to work more in corporate in order to work more on your passion projects. I feel like with small business, there's that flex that allows you to do that. So I think that that's wonderful. I'm really excited to hear your novel. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to finish it now. That's the thing. (laughs) Time's ticking. No. Um. So my new thing is setting my alarm at 6am every day and I'm going to spend an hour writing, try and get a thousand words a day done during the week before my little one gets up. That's (laughs) fine. I find it so fascinating that I love that small businesses can be run so differently because I'm not a a 6am kind of gal. Like I was for a long time when I had a long commute and I had to go to work at God knows what time I had to leave and drive for however long. But now I'm like, I'll be at my desk around 10am. That's cool with me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll write six till seven, but then I'll have a morning with him, take him to nursery and then I won't sit. Yeah, this morning I didn't sit at my desk until quarter to ten. So that's the that's the work life blend. Like yeah. bit of work, bit of something else. My new thing as well is taking longer lunch breaks. Nice. So maybe a two hour lunch break because mm. I don't need to work nine to five. I don't need to take an hour's lunch break and be worried about if someone's clock watching. So yeah, that is about unlearning the nine to five, unlearning all of those things, and just going what works for me today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's key. It's what works for you today. And I think that that's something that really helped me within my business and harking back to your self-care statements earlier on, statement, harking back to your self-care conversation earlier on, I find that I can adjust my day according to my energy and how I'm feeling, which again is something the corporate me would never have said. Like, how am I feeling today? What do I feel like doing? It's like, no, just Chan, Pammy, just Chan. Whereas now it's like, how am I feeling today? Do I feel particularly creative? Do I feel like I want to communicate and be social? What is it that I'm feeling? And then building my day around that. So I think it's great that you're able to kind of build that through as well. So um, when it comes to your brand, do you have anything in particular that helped your business grow through your visuals and your strategy? I know that we've talked about um, kind of the chosen platforms and the automation that we've talked about. Is there anything in particular that you've found has really helped your brand to develop through your business? Uh, well, obviously working with you, that was massive leg up oh, in that yeah. arena. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've just all the way I've been able to go I think I want to go here and you've been like you probably need a color palette let's talk about that Mm. um yeah I mean I couldn't count the amount of times when you've helped me up like up level my 
visuals by just being like maybe try this or maybe look at this or let's work on this um I think it's very easy when you start to just be like oh I just need a logo it's not enough you need a color palette you need to choose your fonts which you did for me and you did you did choose me some initial colors that we then extended Mm -hmm. but I think it's also about what's your visual style going to be what sort of imagery are you going to share you know is it is it all going to have a whitewashed filter on it or is it going to look real? You know, um, are you going to choose a familiar set of objects? You know, like I tend to stick now to things that mean something to me, like clocks and foxes and plants and, you know, um, because that helps build. Someone then can see a, see something and go, right, by the unconsciously they're obviously not thinking about this consciously (laughs) but the fonts the colors the visual style the type of imagery it will all stand they'll be able to see that without your logo and go I know who that's from and that's what you want you want that recognition but I also think the brand shoot for me uh, which I did at the end of last year um, just having some imagery of yourself it feels a bit weird and what's the word a bit ego-centered but actually it's so essential to be able to not just on your website have nice images of yourself but I use them in documents sometimes if I want to reinforce a message where I'm saying hey get in touch with me it helps to have my face there you know it reminds people it's me they're going to be talking to um obviously it's great for social media there are just loads of little places where having some nice shots of you it does pay off and you can be doing different things like I'm baking a cake or pretending to bake a cake. <laughs> Actually baking a cake. <laughs> In one of mine. I got some as well with my little one. Like I don't like to put his face online, but we had him just on my lap and I'm reading him a story and it's just over our shoulders so that I can show that I'm a mum. And, you know, it allows you to sort of show different bits of yourself. So, yeah. Next on my list is going to be a new, a new brand shoot because I need to update some of those um, images. But, yeah, I think that along with the the colour palette and the fonts and the other ways that your brand is going to express itself like the more of that toolbox that you start to develop over time like for me that's what's really helped me get to the stage now where I'm really at home in my brand and I'm able to live it and breathe it a bit more awesome uh yeah I think that oh and the other thing is visual devices Mm. which I knew I needed when I started but I just uh, didn't know what would what would work but I think whether it's shapes, whether it's patterns, whether it's a little set of dots or arrows or swirls, like just having some other bits that you can use to bring your design elements together, that for me is really helpful. Or if you're ever doing like diagrams or infographics or anything like that, having some other little visual devices in your kind of suite of stuff, that for me is yeah game changer easy way to make something look like you perfect that was like literally the most perfect answer I could ask for (laughs) that's brilliant thank you so much for sharing that and the last thing that I'm going to ask before we kind of wrap this episode up is is there a key piece of advice from your specific business journey that you'd like to share with the listeners that might help some on their journey definitely I would say um go networking it's how we met yeah at the lovely women who do way back when um but yeah I would say networking is essential uh Mm. to learning about your market what people really need so everyone I have met every single person I've ever had a conversation with a one-to-one with um a brief chat with over the different types of tea in the room which makes me feel a bit sad because it's all online now. Yeah. But yeah, every single person has shared a tip, shared an approach, a bit of thinking, something that has helped me to avoid a pitfall. So I think, and now, you know, it, um, especially in lockdown, my little tribe of business buddies, um, obviously, of which you are an essential one, um, as is really what's kept me going. Because at the end of the day, you don't have a team like you do in corporate life. You don't have a bunch of people to run ideas past with the best will. Your partner probably doesn't get what you do slash doesn't care about the nitty gritty yeah. of every single thing you do. And 
you just you need those people and sometimes you just need those people to have a whinge at you know but I think my my quote is um if it takes a village to raise a child it takes a tribe to raise a business I love that yeah absolutely love that and I couldn't agree more I think most of my business particularly in the early early stages was all built through networking and it really helped me like there's no way I would be doing a podcast or having video conversations with people if it hadn't have been for networking um I was so shy and so in a shell that I I didn't want to speak to anyone I was so socially awkward I still am dear listeners but slightly less so now and it's because of those connections and absolutely the the sharing the hardships, but also sharing those successes because it's so easy to just sweep on past them when actually everything that we achieve within our business from writing a to-do list to nailing a new client pro- uh, proposition or proposal to achieving your financial goals to achieving your personal goals everything needs to be celebrated because that's why we're doing this and again we're not in the corporate world where someone's going to tell you that you did a good job so you need to set you need to tell yourself that you've done a good job and share it with your friends like yeah networking is the way yeah definitely and it you know you meet all sorts of people and sometimes you have a one-to-one with someone or you connect with someone and you're like, I just don't know what we're going to have in common. And then you'll have this amazing discussion. Like my first ever one-to-one was with a guy that works in like commercial property. And I, I was like, look, I will talk to anyone. He seems to want to give me loads of advice, like brilliant. And we had a two hour chat and he gave me so many tips about starting out. He gave me feedback, like when you use marketing jargon, I don't know what you mean, which was like, oh, of course. But amazing feedback that helped me sidestep getting so many conversations wrong with other people because then I was so much more mindful of what I was saying to people and what, which words I was using. Um, and then, and yeah, I gave him a few tips about social media. And then a year later, he became a client. And I never would have, I didn't really have anything to offer him back then. Like he wouldn't have been on my radar as someone that could be a client. But over time, every conversation we had, he helped me shape what I offer. And then was, you know, at some point when actually now you offer something that I could really do with. So yeah, I think it, it's an amazing, it's just, it can be a slow burner on the lead gen side, but I think it's important almost not to see it as lead gen, but to see it as market research making connections and and finding your tribe yeah no absolutely agree and I think it's networking without expectation like yeah. don't sit there guide around the room don't just sit there look around the room and try and decide who is going to be worthwhile of your time talk to everyone like some of my best friends now I've made through networking and they're some of them are in the same industry as me some of them offer very similar to what I offer but if it hadn't, if I had gone in with the intention of, I don't want to talk to you because you do what I do, I have a really crappy story about one of the first times that I went networking when that happened to me. But I've got some lifelong friends now who, if I had gone in with the intention of, you can't do anything for my business, I would never have met and my life would have been all the poorer for it. So yeah, networking without expectation because you can always learn something from someone. And that's yeah. kind of the intention of this as well. These brand stories to show you that you can always learn something. That's brilliant. Thank you so, so much for sharing that with us today, Siobhan. And where can we find you online? Where are your preferred platforms? Well, I'm a big Instagram fan, I'm not going to lie. Um, so yeah, I am at Reveal Marketing UK on Instagram. Um, and from there, you can easily head to my website if you want to check out the lovely brand photos that I was talking about earlier and find out what I'm all about. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today and sharing your brand story and business journey with us. I think that the listeners can agree that there's a whole wealth of stuff and information in there. It's been absolutely brilliant. So thank you for joining us thank you so much for having me and listeners if you want to find out more head over to Siobhan's website or Instagram profile pop her a follow and get in touch and you can tune in next Tuesday when we'll be having a conversation with Hayley Jenkins from The Social Geeks about other people's limiting beliefs and the impact they have on your business so if that sounds like your cup of tea tune on in 
Leave us a review if that's something that you've enjoyed. And I look forward to sharing this with you next week on The Brand Lounge.